Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. Taking us through some of the prophecies in Isaiah concerning the coming of the Messiah, Colin. And of course, you made the point yesterday that Isaiah wrote his prophecies 700 years before the birth of Jesus. And uh, yesterday we looked how Jesus was destined to be the good shepherd who would lay down his life for the sheep. And we're going to chapter 42 of Isaiah now. Here is my servant whom I uphold. What did Jesus say of himself? I have not come to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. So he is the servant of the Lord that is prophesied in Isaiah. Here is my servant who I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him and he will bring justice to the nations. Now, this is very, very important. We know that Jesus' ministry did not begin until after he had been baptized by John in the River Jordan. And when he'd come up out of the water, he was praying and the Spirit of God came upon him and the voice was heard from heaven, this is my son, my beloved, with whom I'm well pleased. So that was fulfilling this prophetic word I will put my spirit on him. Now, why? And he will bring justice to the nations. Very, very important that we understand that the Messiah was sent for the nations. Now, he was sent to the Jews, and Jesus confined his ministry to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, those who were already, at least in name, God's covenant people. But what he was doing among the Jews was for the nations. So what he did by dying for us on the cross was not just to save the Jewish nation, but was to bring salvation to the nations. Then the scripture says, he will not shout or cry out or raise his voice in the streets. Very important, very interesting too, because in the Gospels, we don't have any record of Jesus preaching in the streets. He preached in the temple in Jerusalem. He preached in the synagogues wherever he went, and he preached out in the fields where great crowds of people come to him. But I can't recall anywhere in the Gospels where Jesus is actually preaching in the streets. Then the, the scripture says, A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. In faithfulness he will bring forth justice. He will not falter or be discouraged till he establishes justice on earth. In his law, the islands will put their hope. Now, you see, how, how can this man, born into the world, bring justice to the earth, bring justice to the nations? Well, the only way that he could do that was to take all injustice upon himself, which is what he did when he went to the cross. He could only accomplish this by 
bearing the punishment for all our sin, all the unrighteousness, all the injustice in our lives, so that we can be set free from God. So it's very interesting that even these details are there in the prophetic word. And the prophecy continues, this is what God the Lord says, he who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and all that comes out of it, who gives breath to its people and life to those who walk in it, I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. I will take hold of your hand, I will keep you and make you to be a covenant for the people and the light for the Gentiles. Now here is God clearly setting out his purpose for this servant, for the Messiah who will come as a servant. He is, the Father that is, is going to lead him by the hand. You see in the ministry of Jesus this complete dependence on the Father. I speak no words of my own, only the words my Father gives me to speak. I do nothing of my own, I do only the things I see my Father doing. And the Lord kept him. Do you remember that throughout his ministry, the Jewish leaders wanted to kill Jesus. They wanted to try to end and destroy his ministry, but they were unable to do so until Jesus willingly surrendered him into himself into their hands at the time of his arrest because God's time for him to be crucified had come. So the scripture says, I will keep you and will make you to be a covenant for the people. What did Jesus do through the shedding of his blood? He actually established the new covenant. We remember when he instituted communion, he said, this is my blood of the new covenant. Jesus himself becomes the, that, that new covenant. And those of us who, who belong to the Lord Jesus are part of that new covenant. But this is not just for the Jewish people. They were the 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 covenant people of the Old Covenant, of the Old Testament. But now this Messiah, this Son, this servant who is coming is going to be a light for the Gentiles. Now what will he do? He will open eyes that are blind. And Jesus did that, didn't he? He opened eyes that were blind physically, but he also opened the eyes of those who were blind spiritually to open the eyes that are blind, to free captives from prison, and to release from the dungeon those who sit in darkness. You think of all those that Jesus set free from the powers, the demonic powers of darkness, like the demoniac out of whom 2,000 demons were cast that went into the pigs that then ran down the hill and into the Sea of Galilee and were drowned. All, the, all those things, you see, are a fulfillment of, of these um, prophetic words, how Jesus was setting people free from all the bondage that came into, had come into their lives. And then the prophecy continues, I am the Lord, that is my name. I will not give my glory to another or my praise to idols. That that's not a contradiction because Jesus said the, the, the glory that my Father has given me, I have given to them, referring to all those who believe in him. But what this scripture means here is that we will not be glorified. You know, we will not be the objects of praise and worship. 
He alone is the one who is worthy uh, to be the object of praise. So then the prophecy continues in verse 9. See, the former things have taken place, and new things I declare. Before they spring into being, I announce them to you. So 700 years' notice is quite a lot of notice to be given. And of course, there are several prophecies about the coming of Jesus in the book of Psalms. And they were written some thousand years before Jesus came. So in all this, you see... Um, you see the plan and the purpose of God. You see how he has got everything all worked out, and he knows how he is going to put those plans into effect. And it is true, isn't it, that God always tells us, he always announces what he's going to do before he does it. That's because, you see, everything has been carefully planned. He doesn't sort of just make decisions spontaneously on the spur of the moment. He doesn't react to situations. What he does is to bring everything into conformity with his will and purpose. And Paul makes it clear that that is what is going to happen uh, when Jesus comes again, that everything will be brought together under his sovereignty, under his lordship. At that time, everybody will have to recognize that Jesus Christ is Lord. So this, this Jesus is going to verse 16, I will lead the blind by ways they have not known. Along unfamiliar paths, I will guide them. I will turn the darkness into light before them and make the rough places smooth. So when John is introducing Jesus in the first chapter of his gospel, he says that the light has come into the world. Unfortunately, men preferred darkness because their deeds were evil. They didn't want their deeds to be exposed by that light. And Jesus, of course, himself said, I am the light of the world. But interestingly, he later said to the disciples, now you are the light for the world. You are the light of the world. And that's what we are intended to be today, those of us who believe in the Lord Jesus, those who belong to his kingdom, those who are part of his body, the church. We are to be the light of the world. We are to take the light of Jesus into the darkness. And, you know, there are some Christians who don't like Christmas. Well, I, I suppose there's a lot of us that don't like the commercialization of Christmas. But what a wonderful opportunity to talk about the light, to talk about the real meaning of Christmas. What about the opportunities that are presented with families and neighbors and friends to talk about the light coming into the darkness of their lives, of, of coming to bring the life, the eternal life of God. Jesus said, I have come that men may have life and have it in all his, its fullness. That is always God's purpose, to actually give us the fullness of God's life, what Jesus described as eternal life. So I believe we need to use every opportunity to the full. And this Christmas time is a very good time to bring the light of the truth of Jesus Christ into the lives of those who at present are living in darkness. You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 